Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Right now we're working our way through the letter of 1 Peter, and we've come to 1 Peter chapter, 7, uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Here, Peter is again encouraging us and reminding us of what life looks like in light of the gospel, giving particular imperatives to us of, of how we should live. And particularly, we must keep in mind that he's calling us to do these things not from a place of comfort, but remember, as he was writing to elect exiles, he is calling us to do these things, to trust God in this way, to walk in Christ in this way from a place of suffering. Let me pray for us, and then I'll read these passages and we'll jump in. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that you have strengthened us and do strengthen us by your word, that you actually work life in us by your word. We ask that as we think about your word and read it together this morning, that you would direct our steps for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is the one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is the one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, as we look at this passage, it's uh, got all kinds of incredible things in it. And as I said last time, we're going to break this up into pretty small chunks. So last time we were together, we looked at the idea of the end of all things being at hand and that affecting how we live. Today, we're not even going to get down to verse 7. He continues on, and, and I want to say right up front, the, uh, I understand at some level why the, the ESV translators translated this the way that they did, but, but I think it's awfully confusing and, and isn't particularly helpful. They, they said, therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. While on the one hand, that is a fair translation, it adds words for the sake of your. Those words aren't in the Greek text, and adding those words kind of puts us in this mindset that somehow... Our prayers become more effective if we do these things or something like that. that. That somehow we have to kind of earn a hearing with God. At least that's what it does to me. And that's not exactly what's going on here. Uh, just a, a bare literal translation would be, uh, you know, be sober-minded, therefore, or, or I'm sorry, I've got the verbs backwards, be self-controlled, therefore, and sober-minded, for prayer, or for prayers. And when you look at other English translations, this is what you see. The Net Bible, for instance, says, so be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of prayer. Uh, the in New American Standard says, therefore be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. So that's the idea, is that somehow our sobriety of thought, our self-control helps in prayer. Well, how is that? It's, it's not 
by making the prayers that we're already praying more effective. And that's what the ESV kind of makes it sound like. You're, you're already praying, but you need to be sober-minded to help them. No, I think the idea here is that Peter recognizes that in the struggles of life, in all the trials of life, praying at all requires discipline. It requires self-control. It requires sober thought and recognizing that what we need is exactly what we get in prayer. On the one hand, it's calling out to God for help. On the other hand, it's having our minds and our hearts aligned with his will. If we're going to face suffering, what Peter recognizes is that when we do, It takes self-control. It takes sobriety of thought to stop in the midst of suffering, to stop in the midst of trials, to stop in the midst of persecution and call out to God. Because our flesh is going to be looking for an immediate escape. Our flesh is going to be looking for action. Our flesh is going to be looking for the way out and and, and for self-protection. And it's not going to want to stop to pray. And so Peter is reminding his people that no, prayer does in fact take self-control and sobriety of thought. When we don't think clearly about life, when we don't think clearly about our relationship to God, when we don't think clearly about our dependence on God, when we don't think clearly about our inability in this life, when we don't think clearly about those things, We don't turn to God in prayer. And so he reminds these Christians that are suffering to to think rightly, think clearly, think soberly, so that you'll know who and where and how to turn in the midst of suffering. Now, this isn't a unique idea to Peter by any stretch of the imagination. And, And we see these calls for sober thought, for setting our minds on the things that are right. We, we see these calls all over scripture in James 5.8. You also be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. In Ephesians chapter 6, in the midst of that great section on uh, spiritual warfare and putting on the whole armor of God, Paul writes this, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. So to that end, to what end? To to the end of supplication, to the end of, of prayer. Keep alert with all perseverance. See, Paul understands it as well, that when we face these trials, when we face spiritual warfare, when we, when we face temptation, oftentimes, even as Christians, the last thing we do is stop and pray. Because our flesh is so quick to take control. And so often, it, it makes so much sense to do whatever our flesh says. But repeatedly, we're told to to think clearly and to pray. Again, in Luke chapter 21, verse 34, But watch yourselves, 
lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So here, Jesus, as he's dealing with the end of all things, as, as he's dealing with the coming of the Son of Man and, and preparing his disciples, again, he reminds them, don't give yourself to the things of this world. Stay sharp, stay awake, stay alert, praying all the time. There's a reason that there are countless books on prayer, that there's this endless stream of books on prayer. Some that I would recommend, by the way, there's a great one by uh, uh, Patrick Miller, I believe is his name. There's a, a great one by Timothy Keller. It's just called Prayer. The, the Miller book is called The Praying Life. Both of those books on prayer are absolutely incredible. They, they help us understand what prayer is. They help us understand why prayer is so important. See, so often we tend to think in the evangelical world, in American Christianity, where, where, where we're affluent beyond belief and we've got stacks of Bibles in our homes, we tend to think of reading the Bible as our primary connection to God, as, as the primary way that we get wisdom. And certainly we do get wisdom from reading the Bible. Certainly that is a valuable thing that we should do, don't get me wrong. However, we must understand that for the vast majority of the life of the church, Bibles weren't a thing that people had in their homes. They would have been far too expensive because they were all hand copied. It wasn't until the invention of the printing press and actually several years after that when things started getting mass produced in a way that the average person could afford such a monumental book. And so... The way people were connected then, and I would argue are to God, is through prayer. That's how he has taught us to call out to him. But it's difficult. Even the disciples we read in Matthew chapter 6 struggled with prayer. And so Jesus teaches them, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who is in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. That simple prayer, having it ingrained in your mind, is so applicable to every circumstance calling out for God's kingdom, calling out for his provision, calling out for his pardon, calling out for his protection. What a perfect thing to call out for in the midst of our suffering. Prayer isn't difficult because of what God needs from us in it. Prayer is difficult because our flesh leads us directly away from him. 
But the word of God reminds us again and again, he's the one to whom we are to run. And we run to him in prayer. May we do that together. Amen.